In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The service in thanksgiving for the life and ministry of Father Eric Larson at St. James Church in New London yesterday was a wonderful tribute to a wonderful priest. And it meant so much to see so many of our people there. As associate priest of this parish, he and I were colleagues with Father Sunil. But even more, the three of us were friends. I know I speak for Father Sunil and for so many Christ Church parishioners, as well as for myself, in saying that we miss him. We miss him greatly. Thinking about him brought the enjoyment of memories of times together, but also a self-examination as to what I believe, what I really believe about what happens after we die, or perhaps better said, after our bodies die. The service in the Book of Common Prayer at the committal of a body or ashes includes two ancient prayers for the dead. Rest eternal, grant to him or her, and also may his or her soul rest in peace. Father Bill Toner, a Jesuit priest in Ireland, wrote what I found to be a most helpful commentary on the meaning of rest. He pointed out that, in fact, the historic Christian belief about heaven is not that it is just a state of eternal rest, but much more a state of presumably conscious bliss, an existence in which, first of all, we are in the nearer presence of God, but we are also reunited with our loved ones who have gone on before us. That would seem to require some sort of awareness or to use terms which admittedly apply to life as we now know it, some sort of conscious waking state, not a state of eternal sleep. Even trying to find any words which are adequate brings us face to face with the realization that we have no vocabulary which is anywhere near being able to describe what life in heaven could be like. It's not difficult to reject the idea that we'll just sit on clouds endlessly strumming on heavenly harps or their equivalent in the blandness of eternal light. That may be all right for real estate brochures urging retirement in sunny Florida, but to me it sounds as if after a century or so at least it would get rather boring. Again, quoting Father Toner, perhaps the most that can be assumed is that the negative aspects of our time are not found in heaven. In this life, sooner or later, we have painful experiences, debilitating illnesses, failed relationships with others, the death of loved ones, and eventually our own death. But in heaven, we would never have to say all good things come to an end because in heaven, they don't. 
The Bible doesn't present heaven as a kind of endless vacation or holiday, but rather as an existence beyond and outside the measurement of time. I believe I've shared with some in the parish the story of an experience I had following a funeral I conducted a few years ago, but I'm taking the liberty of repeating it now because I think it might put all this in a helpful light. As is common at funerals, those present came from various religious and non-religious backgrounds. I had preached what I hoped was a clear statement of the church's teaching about the larger life. And after the service, a man came and asked to speak with me in private. We went to a nearby room where quite politely he asked, Father, do you really believe all that stuff? And I said, usually. <laughs> but think, think what it means to say that you believe in something. Right now there are promotional ads on television for a documentary about Patagonia called Life on the Edge of the World. I'm embarrassed to admit that until I saw the ads, I'd never even heard of Patagonia. And even now, I'm not quite sure where it is. But since I am willing to accept the documentary as depicting something which is real and not a hoax, I have no trouble in saying, I believe that Patagonia exists. That could be called static belief. It's there. It doesn't change with the day of the week or my moods. By contrast, belief in the larger life, like belief in God, is dynamic. It's something that has its ups and downs. So let me paraphrase the question that had been put to me and ask you. What do you really believe about what happens after death? What level of certainty, what level of trust that there is a next life do you have or need to have in order to be at peace and affirm in the words of the creed, there is resurrection of the dead and life for the world to come. There's a story about a patient who is just leaving the doctor's office and turned and said, doctor, I'm afraid to die. Tell me, is there really life after death? As he went to open the door for his patient, the doctor said quietly, I don't know. At the same time, there was a sound of scratching and whining, which ended as the doctor opened the door and a big dog, tail wagging furiously, sprang into the room and leaped on the doctor with obvious joy. Turning to the patient, the doctor said, my dog has never been in this room before. He didn't know it was on the inside. All he did know was that his master was there. So when the door opened, he came in without fear. I don't know what's on the other side of death, but I do know one thing. Jesus, my master, is there. And that's enough. My brothers and sisters, 
while it's all right and quite human to wonder about heaven. The Christian faith isn't uncertain or even ambiguous. It's clear and it's simple. When our bodies die, life is changed, not ended. That's it. That's enough. Count on it. Amen.